Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing well. How was your week? Good, good. I just keep plugging away. You know me. Yes, you do. Well, my week was very interesting. You know, this was a week of unpacking the bag of uglies. Oh, that bad, huh? (laughs) Well, I know I'm not alone. I'm sure many of our listeners who accepted the challenge to explore old regrets, embarrassing moments, and shame places shared my reaction. It's messy. And it's hard to maintain a distance and refrain from fueling the negativity and feeling miserable. Well, well, true. You know, messy, difficult, you bet. You know, we're spending a good share of our years um, really pushing these old issues aside, you know, suppressing the memories and the feelings attached to them, you know, and, and to a larger extent, kind of hiding them. You know, there are our dirty little secrets. So... There's an old saying, you know, we're as sick as our secrets. And Anna, I believe there's, there's a real truth to this because negativity, this negativity in particular, can infiltrate our beliefs about ourselves, you know, kind of, you know, sets us up to, to have feelings of inadequacy and incompetence, you know, and, and a sense of having questionable ethics and morals. So the purpose of the exercise was to call these baddies out call them out in the privacy of our own personal exploration and recognize and accept that there were and there are, you know, lessons to be extracted from them, you know, and with this deeper sense of knowing, you know, we diminish their power over us. Well, it sounds so noble, but you have to be willing to get dirty first and not get stuck in the negativity. Well, yes, yes. And as we've said in our prior conversations, you know, if the explorations trigger overwhelming reactivity, emotional reactivity in particular, you know, seek professional help. You know, and if you don't know a therapist, you can always ask your primary physician for a referral. You know, but for most of us, Anna, you know, this is an uncomfortable task, truly. Yet it's doable. You know, we're working from the premise that everything that we've experienced in our life has led us to this moment. And, and we, if, if we are able to extract, you know, useful lessons from difficult situations along the way, you know, we're going to profit from them on our quest to our best and highest self. That's a tough job on the road to be the best version of ourselves, yet doable. Yes, that's right. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with exploring you know, in, in manageable time segments, you know, 15 minutes, you know, 20 max, you know, of exploration and accompanied by some journaling to get some clarity on, on what we're feeling. And again, the focus is, you know, what did I learn and what do I continue to learn from the experience? You know, how has it played into my backstory, my beliefs about myself? And, and also standing from that position of what helpful advice might I give someone on how to avoid this kind of experience, you know, or, or what might they do to prevent the, the situation or how might they deal with it if they find themselves in the situation? So, you know, it's also about, am I living my life differently now? You know, or am I still pulled into old negative habit forms? So it's always about what's the lesson yet to be learned because we're all still learning. 
Yes, we are. And we have to keep telling ourselves that this is part of our journey as the hero that we are called to be. Yet there are moments that we all feel stuck, you know, stuck in the negative ugliness. Well, and and this is an important piece that you're sharing, Anna. You know, here we've done a magnificent job of burying the ghosts from the past, right? And I'm telling you to dig them up and dance with them for a while. (laughs) Sounds a little crazy to me, Dr. Jane. Yeah, well, you know, as I've said for many of us, this exercise, you know, um, in unearthing the ghosts from the past, you know, and all the associated, you know, memories and emotions and, and triggers of you know, fear, anxiety, all of it, you know, it, it's, it is difficult, you know, and, and fear is central to the uncertainty that arises as we do this exploration. You know, uncertainty around, oh gosh, our, our ability to manage our reactivity, you know, uncertainty about our capacity to stay with the quest to the best version of ourselves, you know, and this, of course, creates personal doubt, which once again, fires up a sense of vulnerability, sometimes a sense of danger, you know, questioning our own safety um, because our primitive brain is once again in high gear. You know, it's that fight, flight, freeze generating so often when it's fired up more angst and anxiety. So, you know, our sense of being stuck or getting stuck in this is what we need to frame as emotional reasoning. You know, I feel stuck, therefore I conclude that I must be stuck. You know, and this isn't necessarily so. You know, it's a regular comment, though, that I hear often when I'm working with my clients. You know, they express it as a state that they're in. You know, I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. I'm really stuck, which again registers, you know, danger, helplessness, and, and a position as a victim. Well, what do you say when they say that they're stuck? <laughs> well, well, you know me, Ada. You know, I usually say, well, how about that? You know, or what makes you think so? Or, you know, tell me more. You know, I always find that as we unpack emotions, you know, and you remember the emotional bundle always includes thoughts, feelings, body sensations, and impulses. You know, we're not stuck. You know, stuck can also mean a lot of different things to people. You know, sometimes it means we're doing the same things, expecting different results. You know, we've always all, all been there, you know, or, or maybe we're ambivalent about what to do next. We're uncertain. You know, it might be that the uncertainty is that we're unclear about our choices. We're not sure about alternatives, you know, or, or maybe, and, and we all do this. It's kind of like we, we stagnate or, or, or kind of dig our heels in because we want to know what the results will be prior to making the actual decision. You know, what I say is good luck with that, you know? And for many of us, it it can be just the the fear and angst have us momentarily frozen, you know, and I'm sure there are many more scenarios, but these are the ones that I run into most often, you know, the stuckness that people refer to is kind of like a a car wheel spinning in the stuff in the snow, you know, We have to move the vehicle. We have to move the tires in various ways to find traction. We need something to grab onto, you know, and, and so it's, we we need to be willing to try a new option. This is where we'll get the traction. And yet, you know, it's tough to impossible, you know, to create this kind of problem solving creatively when we're in that kind of fear. So, 
Gosh, Anna, I, I really think it's all about taking down the fear, you know, needs to be the first order of things. So we turn toward our stuck place and figure out what's the sticking points, you know, our indecisiveness, lack of options or unclear options or uncertainty and, uh, and fear paralyzes. Well, yes, that's right. And it's all about continuing to turn toward ourselves with that mindful awareness that we've been talking about and asking with kindness and curiosity, what's up with me? You know, and, you know, when we look at it, you know, there are often situations where it's so very clear as to what we need to do and how we need to do it. And other times it's murky as heck and we are truly at a loss. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which is why it's so important for us to inquire into the essentials for doing the next right thing. You know, essentials like, you know, what are my intentions? You know, are my motives pure? You know, and who do my intentions serve? It's also about, am I aligned with the code of honor? You know, am I operating from honor, integrity, compassion? And am I able and willing to share the truth that I need to share with honesty and compassion? You know, because the truth without compassion is often um, edgy. And, and very often the person that we're sharing with feels attacked or, or hurt by it. So it's also about, am I willing to remain unattached to the results? And that is, you know, you know, things don't always play out the way we want. Even when we're doing the right thing, we don't always get what we want. Oh, is this when we throw a temper tantrum? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that would be one option. That would be one option, yes. I'm just kidding. No, this this requires real consideration. And, you know, we're waking up and not letting ourselves to be pulled into our old conditioning and behaviors. Well, that's right. You know, and we want to create new formulas and routines in our daily life that keep us on track to do our best from our best. So the question you just presented are a formula of inquiry we might use whenever faced with a major decision or a dilemma or, or when we are faced with indecision. Well, yes, yes. You know, and our approach is always from the mindful awareness, you know, using our breath to bring us into the present moment and allowing that observer self part of us to assess what's going on with our thinking and our feeling What's happening in my body? Because very often that can be so very telling. And, and also taking a look at the ensuing impulses. You know? And we want to do this without getting caught in the drama or fueling the drama with justifications. You know, we're grounding ourselves in awareness and then turning toward this emotional bundle to determine where we are and what we need to do next. You know, do we sit with it? Is it too overwhelming? Do we need to to ratchet it down, or or do we need to take a break? Do I need to go back to my breath? And as we shared in the beginning of our conversation today, you know, there are times when the negativity is there and just won't budge, uh, like when reviewing, you know, past regrets and failures. Well, that's a really good tie-in, Anna. You know, um, sometimes we feel overwhelmed with emotional reactivity, and, and we need to intentionally shift out of reactivity. We need to be able to access that parasympathetic nervous system, you know, that, that part of us that 
can calm ourselves, you know, because this is what re-engages the thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex, and allows for a more positive approach, that positive approach mode to, to problem solving. So let's talk about a few ways to do this. You know, we need tools to work with difficult situations. And, and common sense indicates that a particular tool isn't always appropriate for every job. So, you know, the following are all techniques that we've discussed in prior conversations, you know, yet they're worth repeating, you know, and, and having more than one option is truly a benefit since, let's face it, a hammer isn't always the best tool of choice. No, it is not. And it never seems redundant to review methods or tools to assist us in our quest to be the best version of ourselves, Dr. Jane. Well, thanks, Anna. You know, so we're wanting to engage in methods that shift us out of reactivity. So three simple tools for this hero's journey would include the three-minute breathing space and uh, secondly, the relaxation response. And the third one that I'm going to give most of our attention to today is the emotional freedom technique. So let's just do a quick review of each. You know, first of all, the three-minute breathing space. This is a wonderful method to re-engage in our awareness and settle ourselves down when we're in reactivity so that we can begin to ask ourselves what we need to do next. And so we look at this as an hourglass. The technique is an hourglass. The first minute of the three-minute breathing space, we're focusing on the disturbing thoughts and feelings and all that's hitting us in this moment as we're bombarded by this emotional reactivity. And in the second moment, what we're doing is we're shifting solely that, that narrowing of the hourglass, gathering ourselves up to focus just on the breath, the in-breath and the out-breath. And then in the third moment, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to scan our bodies engaging in the senses of the body, contact, sensations from the bottoms of our feet to the tops of our head to our fingertips, and then begin breathing with our body in its totality. And when the three minutes are up, then it's about really questioning, allowing ourselves the inquiry of what do I need to do next? because we're back in that connection with our awareness. So we're in a place where we can ask the question and really perceive in a totally different way. So that's the three-minute breathing space. The next tool, next technique, is a relaxation response. And this is Herbert Benson's formula. And this involves slowing down the breathing, nice, easy breathing, and choosing a word or a phrase and we say this silently on the exhale. So this is a powerful tool, hearing easy breathing with a mental device, you know, a word to focus on. And by having this word to focus on, you know, we're really supporting our disengagement from the thought stream, from the autopilot thinking. So the idea is, you know, set a timer for five minutes, slow down the breath, use the word. And when the time is up, again, what do I need now? What do I need to do next? And the third technique 
is the emotional freedom technique. It's known as EFT. And this is an energy technique using 5,000-year-old traditional Chinese medicine. We're actually um, accessing the meridian system to quiet the nervous system. And the meridian system are those riverbeds that run from a main column of energy to the extremities and the vital organs. You know, and, and like acupuncture, we're using meridian points. We're using points along these riverbeds. So the difference is that we're not using needles. You know, instead, we're tapping meridian endpoints with our fingertips. So I also want to say that, that currently, there's a significant amount of research supporting the efficacy of this method because it impacts and the, the research now supports it. You know, it reduces stress and anxiety. It shifts us out of that fight flight response. And there've actually been studies that show that there's a reduction in the cortisol levels in using this, after using this. So it's balancing, relaxing the nervous system. And this provides self-regulation. You know, I'm able to calm myself. Um, and when I'm calm, it improves my attention, you know, and my thinking brain is back on online again. So I'm, I'm out of survival mode, able to turn that off. And it also supports that positive approach mode to creative problem solving. So, you know, we talked about EFT early in our conversations on YouTube. And at that time, you know, we demonstrated the original version. And we also did, as I recall, a modified version. Today, I want to talk about a different modified version. I often refer to this as EFT on the go. Oh, my goodness, Dr. Jane. I'm ready for EFT on the go. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember, this is a modified version. You know, so it's different from the, uh, the previous versions that we reviewed. So we always want to start by taking a couple easy breaths. Bring our attention to the in-breath and the out-breath. Feel the sensations of our feet on the floor, sensations moving through the body, maybe contact of our clothing against the skin, chair holding us, and just dropping into where we are in this moment. And then posing the question, you know, what's troubling me right now? Focus on what's troubling us. You know, what is the feeling? Am I feeling anger or hurt or shame, anxiety? Maybe I'm just feeling blah, you know, not much energy, not much focus. Then I want to ask, how intensely am I feeling this on a scale of one to 10? And remember that number. And then we start the process. And we're starting the process by tapping with our fingers, with about three or four fingers, tapping the fleshy side of the hand, that karate chop side of the hand, okay? And we're going to tap. And as we tap, we're also going to include a statement of acceptance because in this setup, by doing this tapping and making this statement of acceptance, we're actually allowing for the shift in the reactivity to begin because we're owning the feelings. We're owning the disturbance and accepting it. So as I tap, as I tap the side of my hand, I'm going to say to myself, even though I have this feeling, even though I'm feeling hurt or anxious or I have the blahs, I deeply accept myself. And we're going to say this 
three times as I tap the side of my hand. Even though I'm feeling this anxiety, I'm feeling this funky feeling, I deeply accept myself. Even though I'm feeling this anxiety or fear or these hurt feelings or this blah, I'm deeply accepting myself. And then we're going to go to the eyebrow where it meets the nose bone. And in the next three tapping points, we'll be tapping six to eight times. And we're going to be tapping around the bony orbit of the eye, starting with the eyebrow where it meets the nose bone. And we're going to bring up, we're going to think about what's troubling us. So I'm thinking about the funkiness six to eight times, then to the side of my eye, the end of the eyebrow to the side of my eye, again on the bony orbit, thinking about the funky feelings, thinking about the anxiety. And then underneath the eye, thinking about the funky feeling, thinking about my anxiety, just letting it be just as it is. And from there, we're going to go underneath the nose and tap six to eight times, thinking about the feelings, thinking about the funkiness. And then the crease of the chin, six to eight times, thinking about the issue, thinking about the problem, thinking about the feelings that I'm having. And then to the collarbone. And I usually like to use, we're on that end point of the collarbone and in a perpendicular way, just kind of use four fingers, just let yourself Feel that resonance in your your chest as you're feeling the feelings, feeling the anxiety, the blah, the fear, whatever was there. And from the collarbone, we're going to go about four inches under the armpit. We're right on the rib cage on our sides, feeling the funky feelings, tapping six to eight times, just thinking about the issue. And from there, we're going to go to the crown of our head and just let ourselves have four fingers to the crown of our head, thinking about the issue, thinking about the anxiety or the fear, the blahs, the funkiness, whatever it happened to be, six to eight times. And then as we close, we're going to drop into, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? Has the number that came up initially? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? How intensely has it lessened? You know, so if we started with a seven, has it come down to five or or is it now a three? And wherever it is, we start right there and we begin again. We go to the side of our hands, right? I'm tapping that karate chop side of my hand and I'm saying, even though I'm still feeling a little bit of that funkiness or some of that fear or some of that blah, I deeply accept myself and the fact that I'm still feeling this. And we say that three times, even though I'm still feeling funky, I deeply accept myself. Even though I'm still feeling that fear, I deeply accept myself. And again, go back to the routine from the sides of the hand to the three positions on the eye where the eyebrow meets the nose, side of the eye, underneath the eye, underneath the nose, crease of the chin, all while thinking about how I'm feeling. Collarbone, 
four inches underneath the arms, six to eight times, feeling the feeling, and the crown of the head, feeling the feeling. Again, taking a nice, easy breath and assessing my discomfort. Has it gone down? And ideally, we want to bring it down to a zero or one by repeating the sequence. So again, it goes very, very quickly. We continue to do it till we bring it down to a zero or one. Wow, that was great. This is very streamlined compared to the original version. Well, yes, Anna. You know, I always started with the original version of EFT because it includes the 14 meridian sites, you know, and all the endpoints are connected to a particular organ system. You know, but for our purposes and in this conversation, this modified formula is perfect. Okay, Dr. Jane, I, I love this. So, so we start by um, picking, you know, stating an uncomfortable feeling that we're experiencing, then ranking it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most intense. Uh, then we're going to be, we tap the side of our hand while stating that we accept ourselves, even though we have this negative feeling, uh, tap the remaining points, three points around the eye, underneath the nose, crease of the chin, collarbone, underneath the armpit, crown of the head. And then we reassess a level of discomfort and begin again until we lower the discomfort to a zero or a one. Oh, Anna, great, great summary. Yay. And we'll practice EFT this week, right? Yes, yes. Let's continue to review our regrets those embarrassing moments, those perceived failures, you know, and when we feel our reactivity rising, move immediately into the emotional freedom technique sequence. Well, how about that? (laughs) (laughs) How about that? (laughs) How about that? Well, sounds good, Dr. Jane. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Anna. You're welcome. Until our next conversation.